Howdy legends and welcome back to another episode of the Cam and Jord podcast. If you're a first time listener, thank you for joining us today. We hope you find some inspiration, motivation, entertainment and of course some practical knowledge to apply in your own lives after listening to our podcast. And if you enjoy the content today, head over to our Instagram page at Cam and Jord for more information about our podcast, any upcoming episodes and see Geordie and I's journey through our holistic life. Amongst the people we interview, the holistic areas we focus on on our podcast are physical health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, social health and business health. Cam and I believe a harmonious balance between these six pillars will create a successful and enjoyable life. During the podcast, we'll take a deep dive into focal points for you to take action on and begin to work on your balance. Our interviewees will give real-life experiences on physical fitness, nutrition and diet habits, the importance of sleep, a variety of meditation techniques, breaking down your goals and achieving them, positive self-talk, mindfulness, your values and purpose, your connection and faith, the importance of prayer, your love life, your friends and family, networking and the role it plays, work-life balance, enjoying your work and how to follow your passion and organisation from day to day. As you begin to implement these strategies, we would love to act as your support network. Please share your wins, losses and learnings on Instagram and tag us so we can encourage you on your holistic journey. And of course, if you're a veteran listener to the Cam and Jog podcast, we thank you for your continual support. We love hearing about your journey and application on achieving a more holistic life. We love growing the Cam and Jord community and we thank you for being a part of growing the awareness in holistic health. Now let's get into it and introduce today's guest. Today on the Cam and Jord podcast, we have business owner, bodybuilder and first grade fast bowler, Kane Balgowan. Kane is a well-oiled machine from his chiseled body to his sharp mind. He is an inspiration to many around him and has a very infectious personality for the better. Kane's background began with his cricket and his drive to be his best. In the process, he developed lifelong habits like discipline, hard work, giving 100% in all you do, and the importance of being consistent. Kane is a franchise owner of G3 Blacksland and G3 Norellan. Kane speaks about his journey in finding himself and how following his passion has led to an incredible lifestyle that he is very grateful for. All while, he got in the best shape of his life and competed in his very first bodybuilding competition where he was incredibly successful. Kane is a young and inspirational human who is doing his best to find his perfect balance in holistic health. We hope you enjoy episode 10 with Kane Balgowan. Howdy crew and welcome back to another episode of Cam and Jord, Brown Dog, how is ya? Very good mate, thank you for that introduction. We're lucky enough to be here with uh, Kane this morning. Uh, Kane is current owner of G3 Blackson and a newly leased G3 in Norellan, which is very exciting. That'll be down near us, big jokes. God's country. country. That's right. Uh, also a bodybuilder and uh, the first grade bowler here at Penrith. Welcome, Kane. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. Very excited to be here. A bit, bit nervous, first time podcast, but um, it's exciting to be, be with you boys here today. No, you do, you'll do well, mate. Uh, first things first, before we get into the formalities, why don't you let the uh, listeners know what your coffee order is and we'll judge you accordingly. <laughs> uh, if, when, if I wake up in the morning and I need one, I'll just have a, a black coffee. Oh. Just, just get it in, get some energy. Um, if I'm going to go out and buy one, I'll just get an almond latte. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, 
An almond latte. Yeah, a bit, bit of lactose, so yeah. milk's not my strong point. Yeah, nice. <laughs> what is a latte? Latte is like a cappuccino without the froth on top. Oh, you've got a froth. Just a little bit more than a flat white. Yeah, yeah, it's in between. Oh, yeah. so you still get a little bit of froth. You don't, no get the, don't get the chocolate no, no yeah. Oh, that's actually... Not good for the ring. They were, that's what I was trying for a bit. No good? Nah, I, that was when I got my home coffee machine. Oh, yeah. coffee machine Definitely not, instant. Yeah. That's a good investment. Instant coffee, that's brave. Yeah, that is brave. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a connoisseur of coffee, as yet. Cam, why don't you sort of introduce um, your relationship, maybe first with Cam, if you Cam for a bit longer, and then, and then myself, and where we're sort of at at the moment. So I've probably known Weary since was, what, about 10? Yeah. Because um, we versed each other in junior cricket, so we had quite the rivalry. Growing up between uh, the mighty Cranebrook team and the St. Clair Hawks. Uh, so we played in quite a few grand finals against each other, and um, unfortunately, Cam <laughs> dusted us every year. <laughs> so you're one year older than Cam? Yes, yeah. Cam, Cam played up, um, but yeah. he, but I, I still remember the first time that we played, I did sneak him off to win the game by about eight runs. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> you did at Sales Park, he still reminds me every week. <laughs> He's in the pocket every Tuesday and Thursday <laughs> night. Yeah. Um, Geordie, not quite yet, but we'll get there. Um, I suppose, like, obviously, people that know you and probably follow your story a little bit, we know that your sort of persona's probably built a lot around uh, strength and conditioning and fitness and things like that. Um, be interested to know where your sort of love of fitness first developed and, you know, maybe what your childhood looked like in terms of, of your physical health. You know, were you always as healthy as you are now or? You know, what was sort of your journey to, to get to your obviously condition you're in at the moment? Yeah, so growing up, so basically winter was footy, summer was cricket. So, and then having my twin brother, it would just alternate. So would always be out the front, either footy or cricket growing up. Um, fitness wasn't a big thing. Um, fitness sort of came in when I was about 15 in the Green Shield year because I got, um, got stress fractures in the back. So that actually ruled me out for the Green Shield year, done all the training throughout, mm. and then felt a tweak in my back. And I just, because never had a proper injury before, and I thought, oh, that's weird. It'll go away, it'll go away. And it just got to the point where I couldn't even walk anymore. Mm. We were playing a, a rep trial game. So then got it checked out, and that ruled me out for the year. And then so basically physio said, you just need to get stronger through the core, and start getting into the gym. So I started going to the gym with actually um, Chris Withers because at the time he had stress fractures as well. So we thought that'll be a good opportunity mm. for us to both get in, we can use each other as motivation. Mm. And then so to start with, it started just to be, to better my cricket. And then as I got older, started to notice more results. It started just to become a habit, a routine. And like, if I didn't go, then I would feel guilty and didn't feel myself. Yeah. It just become part of the everyday life. Mm. I do remember that. That was like right on the brink of the Green Shield season starting, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the so you had the under sixteen reps. Yeah. So it was the week before the comp was meant to start. Mm. For, the uh, for the under sixteen reps. Oh, the reps. So we had. So yeah, we played the game, and then the next week was the start, and I just yeah. got to the point I was bowling at about fifty percent, and yeah. it was like I'm not good here. <laughs> and I couldn't walk. It's like my back seized up. And then, so for that whole summer, I couldn't do any PE at school, couldn't swim, mm. um, couldn't run, do anything. I just had to basically sit there, cop it, and do my rehab. What was the process of the rehab, and, and how long did it take? 
So I actually did work with my bowling action through um, former bowling coach here, Warren Buttergeek. So we took some analysis and I was, I was, I was a front-on bowler, but with a side-on action. Mm. So I had to alternate between that. So to try and make it, I wasn't twisting so much in the back. So, and then, but happened the next year later, I actually got hot spots. So we mm. caught it just before a stress fracture again. Mm. And I worked with um, Pat Farha. So oh, he, yeah. he's actually been the Indian cricket team physio. Mm. So Butts got me in touch with him also. So he did a lot of work with him in strengthening the core and then a lot of action work to make it have it so it didn't happen again. And then touch wood, it doesn't happen again. But mm. so far for the last five or six years, I've been all good. Yeah, you're looking very strong. So hopefully it doesn't <laughs> come back. I'd love to get a bit of a background on how you got to sort of be and where you are now, sort of coming through school. Did you envisage doing what you did now and then coming out of school, what you did for study and how you got onto your career path? Probably struggled a bit in school, like just with interest. Yeah. I never knew, knew what I quite wanted to do post-school, but I, I kind of just had to stay there because I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wouldn't be in sport. But um, so when I finished school, still didn't really have much of an idea. So I took a gap year, essentially, and went and played um, a summer in England. So I did that. And then when I come back, I was going to, I wanted to do a course. So I signed up and did a course at ACPE. Well, I was meant to. I went to the two orientation days and then thought, this isn't for me. It was going to yeah. be a sports management course. And I'm like, oh, I just don't see myself doing it. And then my, my twin brother, Brock, he ended up, enrolling in a course for FC 11 called, it was a diploma of sports development. And then, so the way they did it, it was like your theory and your prac and they had a gym there. So you do the best of both worlds and work on strength and conditioning side of roles as well. So that was, but they were very much based around football, but you could tailor it to what you wanted to do after that. So I did that. Um, once I finished that course, did a bit of work with Cricket New South Wales. I'm um, going around schools, teaching kids cricket. Um, figured out that kind of wasn't what I wanted to do either so I enrolled to do my Cert 3 in fitness got through that but then it's sort of the, the doubts started creeping in you have people in your ears saying oh it's a saturated market and then you're thinking how am I going to separate myself from the rest there's so many PTs how am I going to make this as a career and a living so that was the hardest thing I found and then so I sort of took like another break I was doing odd jobs worked at um, as a bartender at an RSL club. I was working in a warehouse for a few years for a family friend. Sort of just got comfortable. And then it took me, I went overseas and I'll never forget this moment. It was, so I was doing a Kentucky and you have to stand up in front of the bus and say like, say your name, what you do. And everyone's standing up, they're saying their jobs and stuff. And I, I was embarrassed to say that I work in a warehouse. Nothing against people who work in a warehouse. Um, it, it was a good job, it paid the bills. Um, but for me, I always felt growing up, I envisioned more for myself. Mm. I felt like I was in a way destined to do more, have my own thing. Mm. And then, so that was kind of the turning point for me. So as soon as I got back from Europe, enrolled, finished my Cert 4. Um, and then while I was doing that, I got my first job in fitness working at F45. Mm. So I did that, absolutely loved it. Um, didn't have heaps of hours, so I was still doing, I was, that was like my second job and I was still working at the warehouse while finishing my Cert 4. Luckily enough, had a good enough boss, I'd have Fridays off, work on my Cert 4, smash that out. And then legit, the day after I submitted my Cert 4 and finished it, next day I was in the gym. And Matt Gamble, the founder of G3. So I'd been speaking to him for a little bit because Nick Adams, one of my best mates, 
he was working at G3. And then, so I'd always seen Matt here and there, would have a little chat. And then, so the day after I submitted my Cert 4, he goes, look, I'm, I'm looking for a new trainer. I've got a list, you're top of my list. Um, if you want a job, it's yours. Um, I envision you opening your own one one day. Wow. Um, come in, start training, um, see if you like the system and we'll go from there. Basically, he, he installed that belief in me mm-hmm. that, look, hey, there is more for you out there. Um, if you want it, let's go. And then, so, but like, I, I knew, I, I, I knew straight away, as soon as like, he was like, pumping my tires up, pumping my tires up, I'm like, how good's this? And yeah. then, um, so from, from there, I was sold straight away. I'm like, all right, let's go. I had sort of, he, he put that belief in me before I knew I had it in myself. Mm. That, um, that part about the Kentucky that you said, getting up and standing in front of people to like sort of give a background on yourself. Like for me, I reckon that's hit home a little bit too. I remember I was probably, I don't know, maybe 21 or 22 at the time, doing some other jobs, bits and pieces, and you look left and right, and people at uni or finishing uni, and you're like, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing here? It gets to the point where you introduce yourself to people and you're almost like, I'm telling people I do this, but this is nowhere near where I want to be. And it, it becomes almost like that drive factor to go, kick you into gear and go, well, hang on, like, let's do something about it. And instead of relying on other people, and, yeah, it's funny how just little little things like that can push you in a direction to see where you end up. Exactly right. It was just like like I'll never forget it. It's just like mm-hmm. I'm like I want more for myself, yeah. but I just didn't have that courage to do it. Mm-hmm. And then so as soon as I got back, I'm like, no, nah, you, you actually need to it's take. Like FOMO, like, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's like just come on, take charge. Like mm-hmm. l- l- let's go. And I'm like I wish I had done it earlier, but at the end of the day, it, it's all worked out how it's meant to. So yeah. then once I got to this stage bit more grateful for it now yeah sure. yeah great word yeah really good word. <laughs> so can on the podcast here when we have guests on we get them to sort of rank the health sectors that they might be prioritizing at the moment maybe in order maybe not um just a bit of a background on those physical mental emotional spiritual social and business um and obviously they're going to be um ranked in different spots depending on the season you're in life obviously like at the moment you've opened um, Blacksland and, and now you're in Norellan, so businesses might be sitting a little bit higher. Do you want to sort of give us a, a background to where those are sort of sitting at the moment and, and what you're prioritising for your balance? Yeah, definitely. At the moment, post-COVID, so business is right up there because just opening back up now. Um, mental has to be right up there. Um, I know that's a big thing that I, I need to work on, but that I'm always trying to work on and improve because if your mental edge isn't there, then that the other ones just don't flow from it. Whereas if, if your mental is up there, then it just works, feeds from each other. Mm. Um, emotional as well, you have to be in control of your emotions. If you're not, then you don't wanna, especially in business, you don't wanna let something that happens and it might switch one emotion on, mm. you can't let that affect your others. Mm. Um, physical always, always up there for me anyway. Um, but I'm, I'm always know I'm putting in the work anyway. So sometimes I'll have a lean week. Like that's all right. I'll pick it back up next week. There's other things to focus on because business at the end of the day is my number one priority at the moment. Mm. Um, especially with just leasing Norellan as well. So that's going to be in the new year. Mm. So at the moment, sort of just cruising through to um, get Blacksland back where it needs to be, and then we'll hit the ground running come in the new year. Um, spiritual is one that. The people around me at the moment, they're, they're very high on. 
and it's one that I know I need to open my mind more to and I'm like I'm very interested in getting getting that going more so especially I see you two boys you right into it as well um, Matt Gamble Charlie um, Zab they're all getting into it now as well they're they're big on that side of stuff have been for a last little bit now and I know I need to invest a bit more time into that how do you sort of go, I suppose cricket's probably a great one for your social health, um, but how do you go, you obviously work with some mates and things like that, do you feel like you've got your work-life balance in a place where you want it, that your social almost flows in line with, with your business? Yeah, well, my work-life is social, mm. so constantly seeing people each day, day in, day out, seeing a lot of the same people, and it is a social hub, I guess, to be in the gym. So you're in the gym, you're seeing the same people, you're asking how they're going, but you're dealing with so many different personalities mm. day in, day out. So you, it sort of feels like you are a social butterfly while at work. But then, um, especially with cricket back now as well, that gives me that outlet away from the gym and to deal with different personalities once again and then have just that release away. Yeah, that's awesome. And we'll go back to the G3. So... It's great hearing when Matt Gamble told you that he saw you in like starting your own franchise under G3. What did you sort of think in that moment and then what were the sort of steps in between that moment and then the moment that you started at Blacksland with G3? It's sort of uh, like, like, oh really, like, like already, like, he hit, like this bloke thinking, this bloke hasn't even seen what type of trainer I am. <laughs> all he's seen is me training at the gym yeah. and he already has all this belief in me and I was like, oh, all right, all right, let's go then. Um, so the first steps, so it was already talked about having my own and then we sort of identified Norellan as the first spot, mm. one of that. So Blacksland's a different story. Um, it got to the end of 2020 and then so I'd sort of been at G3 for about six months now and get, Matt said, look, we're going up to Blacksland to look at this spot. Um, we've identified it as our next one. He goes, no strings attached. He goes, just come look at it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking, oh, like I had my heart set already on Norellan yeah. um, because I know like that area is booming. Yeah. I, I, I envisioned, I had it very much in my mind, it was only going to be Norellan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then went up to Blacksland, I'm thinking, wasting my time I'll, I'll go up there I'll, I'll have a look on I'll, I'll just tag along and then we walk inside have a look at the spot the spot was huge <laughs> on the highway it's not even that far up the mountain it takes me about 10 minutes from Penrith mm-hmm. had a look at the spot straight away I knew I'm like all right this is gonna work yeah. and I say so we looked at the spot sat down had a coffee and I'm, and I'm like well can I still do Norellan though they're like yeah you can but that's not gonna be for a while anyway mm-hmm. and I'm like well all right, let's go. So basically jumped into Blacksland. Um, and then so I basically, they're involved with me as well, um, but they wanted someone to run it. Mm-hmm. So basically my role hasn't even changed from when I was at Penrith. I'm just rocking up each day, training people. A little bit more behind the scenes, but I'm lucky I've got such a good team around me. Mm-hmm. I've got Matt, Charlie, Janae, the, the founders of G3. They're all involved. And then also my business partner, said. Um, he jumps on board as well and we both run the show there but it just I'm very fortunate to have the people around me just to make my life so easy yeah. like nothing's really changed I just have to focus on the members and making sure they're getting solid sessions out yeah. and then background staff Janae she's an absolute magician without her mm-hmm. she like she's the rock of G3 without Janae we would 
be up up a creek without a paddle, <laughs> essentially. So, and then Matt's so knowledgeable around like the marketing side side of things and then what needs to be done day in day out. Charlie does all the programming. He's very much the brains behind the scene. Also, yeah. that's good. That's what I was thinking when you started talking about that, and you said when Matt Gamble said to you that you can start your own franchise, and all he'd done is seen you train. So you can actually learn a lot, like. The physique that you're in now, you can learn a lot about an individual. You need to be committed, mm. you need to be consistent, you need to stay on task. Mm. The little things sort of add up and you can see how you can identify people that sort of commit to something and they can easily transfer it to yeah. another thing. So it's easy for Geordie and I to sit here and see how Matt installed that belief in you with so much confidence, but he would have known that because you're so dedicated to this thing, and you have the passion that it was always going to work. So yeah, absolutely, the thing that comes to mind with me is like, there's there's one thing being with trainers, another thing trying to run the business. Mm. Like, what sort of business like knowledge or prerequisite did you have before you opened Blacks? And probably not much. Honestly, yeah, not 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 a great deal. I sort of just dabbled in my own PT stuff yeah. on the side when I first started at G three. I wasn't sure how many shifts I'd do. Mm. So I was like trying to learn a little bit of that side yeah. without having much knowledge, but um, through through the process of opening Blacksland, just learning from Matt what needs what steps go first, what needs to yeah. be done, they've very much handled that process and made opening Blacksland like an easy process. Yeah. It, um, there was a couple of hiccups along the way, just like through trades and stuff and whatnot, like push the week the opening back a week like I was stressing out about that mm -hmm. Matt's like in the grand scheme of things like chill it's just a week yeah like so with, without them doing the process it would have been a hundred times difficult yeah. I wouldn't know what I'm doing but I've just been learning from them along as we go mm -hmm. and then we've just got the team around us everyone works off each other and just works that way yeah that's awesome and I think it's pretty obvious that Matt Gamble's been a pretty big part in your life what sort of him and maybe a few of the other G3 members too, what sort of sort of in an in-depth analysis on what they've done for you as mentors? Like it might be from a business point of view like you touched on, but also from a life, life lifestyle point of view as well. Yeah, so based, well, the lifestyle they've given us is just like, you work a few hours in the morning, work a few hours at night, you get the rest of the day off. Mm. Um, but like even to the side of like, Charlie's very good with, his technique wise and just little things, little simple technique, little subtle things that you can do to change an exercise mm. or to switch on a muscle. Learning that side of stuff mm. that you don't like that I didn't necessarily get from a course. Yeah. So it's just that like in life experience, um, especially from other blokes like Kai, my business partner for Norellan, um, he's a bit older, you'll hate me saying that, but <laughs> he's got a bit more life experience being a 40 year old. So just like little subtle things that you learn along the way that you might not know, but someone else does. So you're yeah. le learning from others yeah. is the best part for me. But then just the lifestyle that G3 affords you, like as, as they say, like you work a few hours in the morning and then if you have a family and stuff, like Matt and Charlie, now they're getting to watch their little girls grow up throughout the day. Yeah, they're not yeah, missing yeah. that part. Like they'll never miss a school drop off. Like they can pick them up and stuff like that. It's a huge part, isn't it? And it's about, I mean, talking about holistic life. It's about trying to create a work environment that allows you to also focus on your other health sectors. Mm -hmm. Like nine to five, two hours on the train in the morning, two hours on the train in the afternoon. Like when's time for physical, when's time for social. So 
it's definitely advice that I suppose that we can stand for to say like if you can you know put in a bit of hard work in your 20s to set yourself up to focus on all the health sectors down the track it's certainly worthwhile and I'm sure your business partner is seeing like the rewards of that now like seeing his family during the day and stuff like that so absolutely important yeah brilliant all right I want to know Kane I've Watched you and your and all. I'm sure, all the boys at cricket want to know this answer too. Delve into your diet. So <laughs> we, I don't think I can see you rock up to Howl Over for a training session without a container in your hand. Every Sunday we see the social media posts of your your prep Sunday night preps. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah, love yeah. to know sort of a little bit of like the science behind it as well in terms of what you're absorbing and what it's doing for your body. But then I'd even love to know what that process has been like. So has it been easy? Has it been hard? What did you do at the start that you sort of realised you could do better and how you made little changes along the way? So the, the biggest thing, like, when I first started getting into the gym, I thought, like, I'd do the generic, like, you have your chicken and rice and I'd make up different things with mince, um, tuna, rice, stuff like that. But without realising that, like tracking stuff like I'd go oh that looks about right and that, that's fine but I, without realising the big picture that you need to eat more mm. um, I just wasn't eating enough until I got a coach um, shout out to Den- uh, Denny Snyder from Muscle Grace there's a little plug there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no once I got the coach and then like I was under eating by heaps so then basically yeah. he goes you have to be consistent right so your body's going to adapt to what you put into it so if you're consistent over a certain amount of time then you're going to get those results. So he gave me basically a meal plan and I eat the same thing day in, day out. So like for in the morning, I'll have a, a smoothie, like basically just blend some oats, blueberries, Yum. Um, peanut butter, protein powder. Um, have that on the go just because I'm going to work I'm up at 3.30. So I'm going to chug down a shake then. And then, um, so then you have like your pre-workout meal, your post-workout meal. So you're going to have your carbs in there, have some, have a bit of protein, carbs, fuel yourself for your workout and then post-workout same again but i'll just change up between like potato and rice Mm -hmm. then in the middle of the day have another meal might change it up have some pasta with some beef so i'll have a couple of white meats have one red meat meal um, and then another shake before work and then post-work i'll have a um, couple of pieces of fish some potatoes so then have a few carbs before bed obviously it depends on what you're trying to achieve like mm. during bodybuilding stages you might not be eating as much you might you'll eat more but then slowly as the um, comp phase goes on you're gonna eat less and you get down to that peak week and you're eating no carbs and it's a bit harder during that phase yeah so what's you say like you eat the same things every day yeah do you ever sit down for a meal and think oh I've got to smash this again. Like, is it, does it get bored? Oh, for, for me, I've always looked at it, I'm eating for a purpose. I don't really eat for flavor. I'm a, I like to think I'm a pretty simple man. Um, I, I haven't become bored of eating the same thing day in, day out. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, once it, like some days with the fish at night, because I'd just get the, I'd get the cheap stuff, bassa. Mm. It's just easy to cook. You're, gonna, you're eating it every night. So I'd get through a few stages. I'd sit there and I'd look at my plate and I'm just like, <laughs> I, I need to change this up. Like it'd get to a Friday night, you've eaten it six nights in a row and I'll go, at least tomorrow and Saturday I'll have my cheat meal. Yeah. So yeah, you get to get that change up. So there'll be some, some days, you, you, I'll change it up. I'm not, yeah. these days, 
I'm not in that comp phase, so I'll, like if I want to change up, I'll, I'll allow myself a change up. But it's not about. It's about making sure that all right, if you allow yourself that one meal, then you don't compound that by making it turning it into two days worth. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. And then so you're like, all right, that's done. I had that meal, so be it. I'm not yeah. in a in a comp phase. It doesn't matter. It's it's not a big deal. Don't hang yourself yourself up yeah. on one meal. It's not the be all and end all. It's is like, that the cheat day? Is that sort of an idea of rewarding yourself? It's that I've been good all week. This is my day to. For, for some people it is. For me, it was more more about refueling. Yeah. Um, so you, you're going to um, consume a bit more carbs on that day because essentially you're going to choose your burgers, your pizza, your chips. Mm. So it's re- refueling yourself for the week ahead. Mm. So in, during your bodybuilding phase, rather than calling it a cheat meal, it'd be a refeed. Yeah, right. So like you're not cheating, you're just refeeding and refueling yeah. your body to push yourself through for the next week. Yeah. And then that just, for me, that was like a little mental thing. It gets me through the week. Yeah. You come Saturday, some weeks you're like, oh, I don't even need it, but you're gonna have it anyway. And then other weeks you're like, oh, I really need this. Yeah. But it's just a, it, it gives you like, at the end of the day, a week's not that long, mm-hmm. right? So you can see, you give yourself see that little, one. yeah, you, you give yourself that little bit of light at the end of the tunnel for yeah. each week, mm-hmm. sort of thing. How many meals do you have a day? So you mentioned pre and post workout. Are they like a meal or is it a snack? No, they're proper meals for me. <laughs> for some people, they'll be that they might have a snack throughout the day, but yeah. for for me, I don't snack anymore because my meals are big enough. I'll eat six proper meals a day. Yeah, wow. Um, so they're big enough. Some days, like I've had to dial my food back a little bit these days, just to because I'm not moving as much. But now cricket season's back, I might afford to bump it up a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're reasonably big meals. When people ask me how many like calories I'm on and stuff, like a few people will be on like probably between two to three thousand. And at my most, I was on about six thousand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then that, those were a few days where you sort of just like force feeding yourself a little yeah, bit, which yeah. it isn't a great thing to go through. But yeah. what does it just make you feel like sick when you're just eating too much? Like what yeah, do you like to consume a few, a few meals. If I don't space them up out enough like I might have a busy day I haven't spaced it out enough I'll get halfway through a meal and I've still got 200 grams of rice to consume yeah. it's a bit difficult but you, I sort of I've sort of worked my days out where I know I'll eat at the same time each day just because that's my routine yeah. um, that's how my lifestyle works and I've found the best way for me to get all my food mm. in for the day mm. so it's just about finding what works for you mm. like what works for one person isn't going to work for the other yeah, so you're scheduled your meals into your day. That's a great, that's, that's it, it, awesome. Essentially, it's like I know I'm gonna wake up at this time, so I'll make my yeah. shake, I'll have it on the way to work. I know the last class in the morning finishes at this time, so I'll eat then. Yeah. I know the next class starts at this time, I've gotta eat before that, yeah. and then so on. So you just build it into your day. A lot of people, when they have snacks, they can mix, mix and match. Like, if you're gonna have if you can't make one meal this time, you might push that into another meal and include it with a snack, yeah. stuff like that. You just gotta make it work for you. And if you miss one, so be it, mm. but you just try and not let that compound on yeah. top of each other. Yeah. A lot of people skip meals and they're like, why aren't I achieving results? Like, it's, yeah. it's like people, like they won't eat it, they think they you eat less and you're gonna achieve better results, but you're not. You need fuel, you need to energy. You need, your body needs energy. Yeah. If you haven't got the energy, you're not gonna function and your body's not gonna burn as much. It's gonna rely on other fats, 
fat source on that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I suppose it's not even just like the actual element of putting on the muscle, it's the quality of training you need to. If you don't have the right feel, you're not going to train with that same person. Exactly right. We've all been there like in like during a training session, whether it be cricket or the gym where you're just not feeling right. Yeah. You haven't got that energy and you can probably pinpoint it. Not exactly pinpoint it, but you, can, you know where you've gone wrong essentially yeah. because you build that routine. You know what works for you mm-hmm. and if you haven't done what does work for you and then you feel off the next day, you know mm-hmm. why. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's cool. And it's like that you start and then once you're in the process of it, that's where you learn. And then it's like not often you start something in life and, you know, six weeks or six months down the track, you're doing the exact same thing. Often you'll find what works for you. You'll find, like you spoke about earlier, learn off other people what works for them and then you end up with what works for you. And then like you've done so well, then you develop a routine and you develop some consistency around that. And then it becomes second nature. You don't have to think about it and it just happens. It's like you said, it's, you now miss something that you used to force and you feel guilty and you feel worse for, for not doing it. So, yeah. yeah, no, that's brilliant. That's probably a good transition into all things bodybuilding. So I suppose you want to chat about like your why, like why did you decide to take something like that up? Um, and then sort of like what happened in your life? Like what was like this switch? Was it completely flipped upside down? Um, then sort of talk about competitions and then, and then maybe some results and things like that as well. Yeah, so the wife, me, so when I first got in the gym and then like you'd see the bodybuilders and I was like, like people would like, oh, would you ever do that? And I'm like, nah, I can't see myself doing it without yeah. like thinking you had to be all this big, huge, without understanding the actual concept of it. Yeah. Like you don't have to be this big, massive bloke that's taken gear and stuff like that (laughs) like without realizing the big picture of it for me it was about testing myself pushing my limits all along it was how far can i push myself Mm. i wanted to see how far i could take my mind and my body Mm. so and like it was a blessing that it was during covid when i first started so i started with my coach in it would have been january January 2020? Yeah. So I started then. And then, so this is before COVID. So yeah. we're like, all right, so we'll start you now. This is still cricket season, but get used to a meal plan. Mm-hmm. Work yourself through. And we got to the end of the cricket season. So I'm like, all right, it's go time now. Like already I was in, in comp phase without being in actual prep. Yeah. It hadn't started yet. We sort of just try and put on some size. And then as we transitioned from cricket season, then COVID started jumping about and then gyms got shut yeah so then i was like oh no like what's going to happen here and then but because i knew i still wanted to do this like the the comp wasn't going to be until october i had my mind still fixed on it i'm like it's still going going ahead i had to keep telling myself it's going ahead whether it's going to get cancelled or not so i had my why to keep pushing Mm -hmm. and then so like you couldn't really do anything else couldn't go out so there was none of that that temptation anyway and basically i'd go to work come home and train Mm-hmm. and then stuck stuck to my meal plans 100% um, you, you get out as much as you can at home obviously it's not the same but you, you find ways you find different ways I was very fortunate dad had weights left at home from 30 years ago when he was a kid so <laughs> so they were all rusty they were all rusty and then I, I'm like right I wanted to start doing PT stuff on the side as well. So I'm like, better clean them up. So I remember I went to Woolies, I bought like 11 litres of vinegar, (laughs) a couple of tarps. We had bricks on the side. So I filled the plates up 
on a tarp, put in vinegar and then some water and let them soak overnight. So I let them soak for about a day. And then after that, got them out, scrubbed them clean, got all the rust off and spray painted them black. Mm. Look brand new. Yeah, they come up good. These are plates that are 30 years old. They look brand new. I'm like, it's well, I was pretty chuffed with myself. (laughs) This looks pretty good. So, So did that, started doing some PT on the side as well. But so I had my wire to keep pushing through. And then once gyms reopened, that was basically the start of the prep phase for the bodybuilding comp. I was in G3, I was in that gym environment. I had people around me, Charlie and Matt had both done a comp before. There was other guys, they had done the comp. So I was around people who knew what it was about. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like mum and dad, they didn't really understand it. It's like yeah. you're having your, your fish and broccoli for dinner and they're like, why don't you just eat what I eat? Yeah. They're like, there's nothing wrong with it, it's healthy. I'm like, just leave me be, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, oh, I'm doing this for a reason. I have to stick to it. There's a process. You don't yeah. stick to the process, you're not going to get the desired outcome. Mm-hmm. So I stuck to it throughout. Um, I was very lucky. The members were very understanding at G3 as well. So the last month was very hard mm-hmm. with the bodybuilding comp. Because for me, it was it, the prep didn't really hit me as anything different because I'd been doing it for a good nine months. But even before with my coach, I was always trying to eat like clean and not not go outside that. Yeah. So it was only once the food started becoming less and you're doing more cardio, the workout's a bit more intense, mm. that your energy levels start to dip a bit. Yeah. But everyone around me was very understanding. I was very lucky in that way. Like Matt, Charlie, Janae, they've all done it. So they knew what it was about. Yeah. Um, so that was very lucky with that. And then um, I still remember first comp day, I'd gone through the posing felt very foreign to me throughout. Yeah. I wasn't comfortable with the posing until the morning of my first comp. Wow. Like, I thought, like, am I going to stuff this up? The thought about, like, the training process was just easy for me. The, the, the diet was the easiest part. Then the training was the second easiest part. But the thought of standing up on stage in front of everyone, yeah. Yeah. that was the biggest thing that I had to overcome. Definitely. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like you, you work, work all this time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just in a little G-banger. <laughs> little G-banger. Ha- have a tan. <laughs> that, that, that felt weird getting a fake tan on. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Sleeping in it. And just like, I didn't sleep at all. I was like, I just slept still. Yeah. I still as because I didn't want to smudge it without realising that like it's going to be fixed yeah. up anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still remember the first comp day. It was still the, it's one of the proudest things that I've ever done because I knew that was all me. Yeah. I, I had achieved that. Like I had everyone around me, so thankful for everyone around me, but that was me. Mm. I achieved that, and then I'll, I'll never forget it. So. Do you want to just talk us through the actual day? So getting up, I know you obviously had a few things you had to tick off before you got on stage. So <laughs> people found this a lot weird, so they would have seen it on my Instagram story. That um, So you wake up. So I woke up at what, 5 a.m.? And then Sleeping. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sleeping, yeah, compared to now. So you wake up and then, so had, had a shot of vodka. <laughs> so before I went to bed the night before, shot of vodka, because alcohol dries you out a little bit, dehydrates you. So I had a shot of alcohol, shot of black coffee, and had some chicken and rice for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
no, so so that was that was um the start of comp day, and then you can't have any water with it though. So all I'd had liquid wise was the vodka and coffee, oh, and then had to have some chicken and rice. And my mouth dry as I hadn't had any water since three o'clock the afternoon before. Um, I woke up to a message. Matt was at the gym. He's like, "Do you want to come practice some posing?" And I'm like, "I've got two hours to kill. I may as well." So I went there. And then that, that was the first time that I was really confident in my posing. Mm. And I was so, so thankful that Matt met, sent that message saying, come, look, I'm at the gym training, come yeah. pose. I'm like, all right, Matt. Um, got home, got, got my bag ready, went down to Rudy Hill RSL, it was at, met my coach there. I was lucky, I was, there was three shows. So I was split into three shows because of COVID. So they could only have a certain amount of people in mm. at each time. And then I was lucky I show one, so I got it out of the way with in the morning. I didn't have to wait till the afternoon. Yeah. So we got in in the morning. I was one of the first ones up. Um, and then so the first one was novice category. There's probably only four or five blokes in it. So a little disappointing, but because I guess COVID, um, a lot of people weren't keen on training throughout. Mm. So I won, won that one, won that division, which I was stoked with, didn't expect to. And then we come back out for, um, it was another category. It was... Um, he's won so many, he's forgotten. I, <laughs> I did three divisions. I forget, there was, there was a... I think there, there was first timers that yeah. got it. So your first time. So this was anyone up on stage your first time. Novice was your first time in that category. Mm. And then it was, uh, there was a height height one so yeah. I was in the tall, taller one believe it or not really yeah yeah. bodybuilding probably is shorter sport really yeah I, I was surprised as well. I thought I'd be in the short one everyone gives me a lot of yeah. a lot of heat for my height but I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, I'm average height I'm not that short how tall are you? Um, about 180 oh, that's average <laughs> <laughs> not like you Geordie <laughs> so I won those three and then I went into the overall so I versed the winner of the shorter category mm-hmm. and so I so you just face off you do a pose down unfortunately I didn't win that one he's just just a bigger boy mm-hmm. lost to a bigger boy he's about 40 years old had, had a bit of extra training on me I just wasn't big enough mm-hmm. um, and then two weeks later I did another show um, it was a di- different um different brand I guess so the first one was ICN the second one was A&B so different um, federations actually um, I still placed in my comps so I got two two seconds and a third or two thirds nice. and a second so so all up it was like I thought I did pretty well for my first first year of bodybuilding it was like it was it was worth because I missed the start of the cricket season the first cricket season I'd missed other than through injury for yeah since I was nine really yeah. so it was so it was very much different to miss that and but I was proud of myself in the way that it was all on me I've always played team sports where it, it relies on everyone as a team mm. rather than and this was my first venture into an individual thing mm. so I knew like if you don't put in the work you're not going to get the outcome yeah whereas other like on team sports someone might lack but someone might pick up the slack yeah from them and then that gets hidden but there's nowhere to hide in an individual sport mm. so it's all on you if you don't put in the effort you're not going to get the desired outcome mm. we're definitely about to touch base on cricket and sort of where you're at in your development the last few years but just to maybe wrap up uh, the bodybuilding process what's maybe a couple of the biggest learnings that you took and what were some of the biggest life changes in that that you found so for me it was just about trusting the process 
it, it, it is very cliche in saying that, but with that, you have to you have to have the right people in your corner that you do trust. Mm. So my coach, I grew up around him, um, family, friends. I, I'd seen his outcomes, and I knew that like what what he says goes. Basically, I'm like, you tell me what I need to do, and I'll do it. Mm-hmm. So so having that trust in others was a big thing. Um, getting getting the help from others that have been through it before. Like so, you, you like you're in it yourself, but you're not. Mm. If that makes sense, yeah. like you have like-minded people around you, and then they're installing that belief in you to do that. You can do it because I, I never envisioned that I'd have that outcome that I did, mm. like that I looked the way that I did on stage. Mm. I, I couldn't see that until it was the day of, mm. but they could. Yeah. So them instilling that belief in me, um, but just going through the process and then just leaving no stone unturned. Yeah. It's like, I kept saying to myself, like, you don't want to rock up on the day thinking what could have been. Yeah. What if I didn't skip that meal? What if I just cheated that one time? What if I didn't do that? Yeah. So sticking to that process 100%, no stone left unturned, knowing that on that day when I step on, on that stage, no matter what the outcome, I did everything I possibly could. Yeah, wow. And I knew I did that didn't matter what result happened, I knew I did everything I could to be the best I could. Is it the best thing you've ever done? Personally, yes. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Um, outside of like obviously business wise, yeah. for me personally, it was the proudest moment of my life, yeah. knowing that I had achieved that. Yeah. I'd done that, it was all on me, yeah. and that I could do it. I proved yeah. to myself that I could do it, that I could push myself to that limit. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of times there I'm like, is this comp going to go ahead? Can I do it? Am I going to look stupid up on yeah. stage next to others? Um, but yeah, it's just like, it, it's hard to describe that feeling. Yeah. And then you spoke about how good it was when you were doing it to have like, like-minded people around you and have uh, people that have been there done that. Mm-hmm. Now that you're running G3 Blackslin and when you're at Norellan, is it kind of like for you now, you can do that for other people? 100%. Seeing like, so the challenges we run at G3, um, a lot of them are 30 days. Currently yeah. is a six week challenge. But just seeing the results that people achieve in 30 days or during the lockdown period, I was doing a lot of one-on-one PT mm. stuff. Seeing people determined to just keep going and the results they achieved. Like so, there's been so many results through G3. Matt's got a whole folder of transformations of people. Like, yeah. list just goes on, like how many people have changed their lifestyles. You yeah. hear the stories. Um, I remember, I was at, I was at Panthers one night, and then this guy who just recently started, he'd been there for probably two months, and he come up to me and he just, he said how much his life had changed since G3. So his wife had already been stuck training at G3. And then he came in, wanted to see what the big fuss was about. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. this will be easy. He threw up his first hit <laughs> session. <laughs> threw up down the hallway. Poor Matt had to clean it. But he just said how much it had improved his life, not only physically but mentally, yeah. how much of a better relationship he had with his family and his wife yeah. just through training, like they do that together. And so it's not just about the physical side of things all the time. It's about the mental side. Yeah. It's like people just switching that mindset a little bit yeah. and then the better qual- quality of life you have through training and through having something to do outside of work, 
that little bit to look forward to. Yeah. Is that a motivator for you now? Like we do that with our cricket coaching and it's sort of on a different side of things in a cricket sense. But do you rock up to work and is that something you think about maybe every day or every so often when you see clients come in? Yeah, that's it. Like on like like when you're having your down days and you're like you try to go back to your why. Mm. So go back to your values, like, like you're always going to have an off day here and there. And then so sort of just like reminding, I remind myself, I'm like, hey, you're doing this for a reason. Yeah. It's like you, you want to allow others and help others to better themselves and have that better lifestyle. And then so like for the gym for some people is the highlight of their day. Yeah, exactly right. So you have to remind yourself, you're like, you're providing a service for someone. For, some, for someone, they come to the gym because this is their social outlet. Or this gets them through the day, like they've got a hard work life, they come here, they want to smash out a session, feel good for the day. So I'm very much like finding that fulfillment in myself by providing others with a service, essentially. Yeah, I think about that pretty much all the time. I'm sure you can both relate when we were like 13 or 14, you'd be sitting in school thinking, can't wait to get down to training this afternoon. So. Yeah, every time that I remind myself, oh, I've got to throw balls again this afternoon. It's like, well, it's the highlight of those kids' afternoon, yep. day, week, whatever. So I suppose that leads us on to the important topic, our favourite one, I suppose, cricket. And spoke a little bit about how um, the bodybuilding stuff affected um, a little bit of your cricket at one point. You missed sort of the start of the season at one point, And then I think you actually found yourself back in third grade at that time. Is that right when you came yep. back? Which is probably bizarre after, you know, what had happened your second grade career probably just recently do you have any people a background maybe in the past you know, maybe quickly from when you were a junior and then into the into the grade system and sort of that transition between that really successful second grade year bodybuilding and I know you maybe had some thoughts about not even coming back to cricket at one stage and then maybe where you are now yep so basically played for Cranebrook at whole Boom. junior life <laughs> <laughs> yeah we made five grand finals in a row lost four of them straight and then only won the last one through washout <laughs> so yeah we, we had the chokers tag actually and then um yeah weary reminds us we only won it by default so not that they made it they got knocked out in the semi-final but, oh, back at Glenwell Park, that <laughs> but so when we started grade cricket um i remember i got me and, me and brock both got graded in fifth grade and um, Brock had played the year before, but I was out injured. So we got graded in fifth grade, but couldn't play round one because we going on a holiday to Byron Bay with mum and dad. Stiff. And then, so we get back from Byron Bay, Brock gets selected in Colts in sixth grade, and I couldn't, couldn't make the team. I was in train on. And then Brock always reminds me, he's like, remember that time you were in train on? <laughs> um, but eventually, yeah, got a couple of games in Colts, um, played fifth grade under Chris Withers. Um, still very much one of the most enjoyable seasons, just playing with blokes like Chris Withers, uh, Pete Gregerson, Luke Hodges, Josh Dowd, um, Brock. Um, that, that was very much an enjoyable year. I remember that one, we made the semifinals. Um, from there, progressed up the grades. Um, Spent some time in England as well for two seasons. Learned a lot there. But I remember one season. So the season before I went to England, it was my second year of grade. I was playing fifth grade, played some third grade, bit of fours. I got dropped to second grade. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I essentially got dropped to second grade. They're like, oh, I needed to fill in. Third grade weren't doing great, but they were still pushing for a final spot. They pushed me to second grade. 
And then I played four games in twos. I remember I got 48 red on debut, batting <laughs> yeah. at number 10. Um, shout out to Nisi running himself out, costing me my first grade 50. Still haven't got close since. But I'm not bitter about that. I won't hold on to it. Um, second game in twos, took an eight for at uh, Village Green. Yeah, I took eight for 22. Um, you'd expect I would have bowled the house down, but it's like there was a few lucky dismissals in there. I remember to get my first um, fifer in grade, this bloke smashed a straight drive back at me. It hit my shoulder and bounced up in the air to um, mid on. <laughs> and then so so we started celebrating, and then I was like, "Oh crap!" Actually, my shoulder hurts. And then um, yeah, and finished with eight for that innings, ten for the match. Um, following season, made my first grade debut. Um, wicket first ball, yeah. first grade. Who'd you get out? Uh, Jack Hill. Yeah, nice. I still remember Sydney Uni at Howe, um, Plum LBW. Um, Jeff Irvine gave it out straight <laughs> away. <laughs> yeah, he's my he's he's been my favourite ever since. <laughs> um, but sort of from there, I was sort of in second grade. Um, most of the time, probably spent what a good six years in second grade, fill in for first grade here and there, without actually without cementing a place. I was sort of like that in between. Mm-hmm. Like I'd go quite. I'd, quite well in second grade but couldn't quite crack it in first grade um, and then once bodybuilding came along I'm like did, did that and then thought I'd come back um, post play a bit with my brother he was playing third grade so we hadn't played together since junior cricket mm. so I'm like this would be a good chance to go back play with him for a bit so playing third grade last year for a few games and then I remember I played I wasn't really enjoying it um, it was nothing to do with the people um, it was more to do, I always said to myself, if I couldn't play at the best standard that I knew I could, that I didn't want to play. Yeah. Um, but I moved up to second grade for a game against Fairfield and week two got cancelled because of COVID. Yeah. And then so we went into Christmas. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, do I still want to play? And I said to myself, after Christmas, if that first week gets cancelled because of COVID, I probably won't go back after. Wow. I, I thought I thought I'm just not feeling it anymore yeah. and but we ended up playing we played Sydney Uni I was in twos played at Howe one of the best spells of bowl mm. I don't know I wasn't that fit like I was pretty gassed after a few overs but um, it was one of the best spells I'd bowled for, for quite a few years I remember because I, I was up I had the adrenaline pumping because come up against Jack Hill yeah. <laughs> first first grade ricket and then I remember first ball, we'd probably put 180 on the board batting first. Yeah. And then I had first over, Jack Hill facing first ball. <laughs> Wrapped him on the pads. We all went up. It wasn't out. It wasn't out. I was, I was gutted. I'm like, geez, that could have been two in two. <laughs> Next ball, playing miss. Next ball, bowled him. <laughs> and so we're up and about. I had the energy flowing. Um, bowled really well and it was sort of just that spell it sort of brought the love back for the game I sort of I lost it for a little bit I wasn't sure whether I still wanted to keep playing Um, so played a couple of games in the twos the the competitiveness came back to me Um, and then I remember one night I was working out it was Friday night out at Windsor got late call up to first grade for the next day against Gordon And I thought, just my luck, this is a Saturday-Sunday game. <laughs> I was spewing a Saturday-Sunday game. I had to travel to Gordon both days. I've been stitched up here. Um, 
But because over the years, I'd always been like one game in, one game out of yeah. first grade. Um, I sort of felt like I thought I was filling in. Um, but then, so I bowled all right. Didn't bowl too bad until Tim Crawford <laughs> took a liking to me in my last over of the day, yeah. whacked me out of the ground. But then from there, started... Yeah, it was a good game. game. Fletch, Fletch remembers it. Yeah. He, he always tells us about the sniffy bold. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so actually managed to string a few games together in ones to finish the year. And I bowled quite well. It's the best I'd bowled in first grade. And I, I thought to myself, I'm like, I wasn't going to play this year. But then I finished the season so strong and like I'd managed to actually take a few wickets in first grade for the first time. I'd like I'd probably played about ten games of first grade over the years and probably had about five or six wickets, mm. and then finished the year ended up with probably twelve or so yeah. wickets in four or five games. Wow. Um, and you finished just, our best bowler. Yeah. I, I just yeah. sort of felt like that. Okay, I can do it. Yeah. And I didn't even have a preseason or anything. I didn't hadn't really been working that hard on the game. And I thought, well, come back next year, have a proper preseason, and see what we can do. Yeah. yeah. So I thought I'd come back again this year and then um, here we are, three here, here we are. Yeah. about to start round one, felt good during pre-season so I feel like my goals going forward for this season, I want to string a full year of first grade together yeah. and see what I can do. Well, you've been all over me in the nets, mate. We've yeah. had, you've bowled one ball to me in a centre wicket practice, which uh, <laughs> hit the pickets. But otherwise, you've been all over me in the nets, mate. So I reckon you're going to have a few batters in first grade in trouble throughout this year. Yeah, I, I think, like, from my personal opinion, you seem to be in a really good place balance-wise in your life. You seem to have all your ducks in a row, so I think... Honey intended? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm predicting well, a pretty good season for yeah, well, cricket used to be the be-all and end-all for me. Yeah. Like, growing up, it was very much like, I want to be the best I can be at cricket, and then work life was very much second. But now, it's sort of, work life is first, having the business, and cricket's my outlet away. Yeah. So, I, I feel like I'm able to enjoy it more, you're able to see the enjoyment a bit more, yeah. you get to ha- hang out with your mates. Absolutely. Like, as, as rough as some days are going to be, yeah. you spend 96 overs in the dirt, it's always going to be a few yeah. rough ones, but... It's, it's my outlet away from everyday life now. It's not the be-all and end-all. It's like rock up, have some fun. Yeah. It's a good point. It's like the group of players we have this season, there's a lot of us that have moved out of home, getting married, started new businesses or started new jobs. And it's that exact thing we're talking. I was talking to Nui the other day about it, and he's the same thing. He's now working full-time. He's moved out of home, and cricket becomes a totally different approach oh, yeah. yeah it's like it's not the be all end all I can actually go out there and enjoy my game and Nui will tell you how good he went on the weekend <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I suppose just to get a little bit more of a, a background on you as a person has there been anything recently that you sort of had some struggles with I know you're obviously a very busy person and you're, you're sort of dipping your toes in a lot of different waters is there something that you've really struggled with um, as you've transitioned into business or maybe your cricket that you could shed a bit of light on and, and maybe relate to some of the listeners? Uh, COVID was a tough time, mm. um, as it was for everyone. But just sort of... So last year, it didn't hit me as much because last year I was, I was working in the warehouse still. Nothing changed there. I was lucky, trained at home. Life didn't change really for me last year. But then this year, sort of, we'd only been open 10 weeks mm. with the business. So it was that... It was that unknown of what's going to happen. Um, how long are we going to be shut? 
are, are the members going to come back into the gym? Are we going to be able to stay afloat? Um, but we're very fortunate. Like we had the government help anyway. So, but but mentally for me it was it was hard. I was, I was fortunate that we could still do sessions. Mm-hmm. So we started with group sessions. They got taken away. We did one on ones. There was one week there where I couldn't go up. That we thought around the rules that I wasn't allowed to travel because it was outside my LGA. Yeah. And that was the worst week for me. It was probably about halfway during. Mm-hmm. And that was the worst week for me. I really struggled at home um, mentally. And I, I just felt like I couldn't pick myself up out of it. And mm-hmm. then the following week, I was able to go back up and started the one-on-ones again. It was only every second day. But it gave me that outlet. And it, I said to myself, look, you, you can be the highlight of someone's day because that's their time as well they get half an hour to train they're still able to train they're dealing with the same problems like a lot of people they're spending all day at home with their family they're they're trying to homeschool their kids while worrying about their work might give them a good half an hour and that just worked well for me one day on one day off was fine so that got me through a bit struggled at times still just thinking about the business how are we going to come back but Penrith came back strong last year Penrith G3 all the other G3s the same. So I'm like, there's no reason why we can't do the yeah. same. And now we're back open, it's sort of back to normal now, I guess. We're, we're down a little bit, but we're building back up. Yeah, awesome. Well, what's next in Kane's life? What's the next, maybe what do you see, or where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? And what are the things gonna you do to get there? Five to 10 years, I see, see myself maybe another G3. So we've got Norellan happening. Um, wouldn't mind another one, not so soon, but I envision Blacksland and Norellan growing as big as they can. So ideally 180, 200 members at both. Um, just see them running as if Penrith is G3 Penrith. They've got about 220 to 240 members. So we envision, we envision both Blacksland and Norellan being able to do that. Yeah. So seeing them get there is a goal that we'll keep working to each week um, over the years. And then I'd love to have another one, mm. um, dip my toe in again. Um, just making, have, having a big, bigger business mind, mm. learning, learning as we go, um, venturing out um, cricket wise, not too sure. A couple um, of <laughs> I'm a perennial semi semi finalist. Yeah. So. Have, you, have you won a comp yet? No, oh. no. I was part of the first grade squad. I played. Yeah, you were. I played five games that year, but yeah. only caught one wicket in those five games. <laughs> well, you won a ring, but you're yeah. you're too good of a bloke, and you gave your ring away to another guy. Well, our coach who didn't get a ring. So you have got a ring, a premiership ring, but you're too good of a yeah. bloke to keep but, it. No, that was that was a great year. That one. Um, I think I was more nervous being on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather be on the field. Yeah, in control. But um, yeah. but yeah, another premiership would be nice. Yeah. That'd be yeah. nice. But I guess we sort of just see how we go. The club's looking on the up. It's yeah. very exciting season now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe just some ways to get in contact with you and, and G3 and you know what's the best way? Email, socials. Yeah, so so easiest way on the socials is through the Instagram. Um, so for G3, it's you've got G3 Australia is the main page, the franchise page, but Blacksland, it's just G3 Blacksland. Um, you've also got G3 Norellan, we're kicked off on the socials there. That's the easiest way to get into contact with us, always on the socials. Um, myself, just Kane Balgown on either Facebook or Insta. Um, 
Emails is just um, G3 Blacksland at. I don't know, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got it on me. I don't really deal with the email, sorry. No. Uh, but e- easiest way, just through Instagram. Yeah. That, that, that's the easy way. If, if not, also Facebook. Yeah. What about, last question about G3. If I sign up as a member, what does a week look like for me as a G3 member? A week looks like Monday you start off with leg day. Right? So, leg day, you don't want to miss that one. That's the best day. Best day of the week. Everyone hates a Monday. I love Mondays. Is there a theory behind leg day on Monday? Yeah, start your week right. Yeah, okay. I guess, I yeah, it's like you start your week right because Sunday's a rest day. So, yeah. you, you don't train Sunday. Yeah. You start your week right on there on Monday. Tuesday, you've got push-pull, so we work chest and back, so you don't have to worry about your legs. They're going to be sore from Monday, but you don't need them Tuesday. <laughs> Wednesday, you've got hit, so cardio. So a lot of people, I'll try it. When, when someone new comes into the gym, they do Monday, I'll look, say to them, look, don't miss Wednesday. Yeah. You're going to be sore Wednesday because it's the second day after leg day. You're going to be sore, but make sure you come in because you run it out, you get the blood flowing back yeah. through. It helps you recover. Yeah. A lot of them don't listen. They rock up Friday and they're still sore from Monday. Yeah. <laughs> but, but so <laughs> after after a Wednesday hit, you've got Thursday glutes, hemis, abs. So more lower body. Yeah. Not as intense as a Monday though. Not as intense. It's all right. You sort of cruise through. Friday shoulders, arms. All the boys love that. Yeah. Who doesn't love a good arm pump? Is that to get them in on a Friday? That's it. <laughs> Friday mornings are a good time. R&B yeah. Friday. You've got yeah. some good bangers going on. Yeah. Um, you get that party pump for the Friday night, get you through the day, and then Saturday for those that like to wake up early and got hit again. So just start your weekend off right, a bit more cardio. Um, so once you get to a certain stage with members and stuff, you can start adding on other classes. Like yeah. on a Tuesday and Friday morning, Penrith will have extra hit sessions on because mm. they've got the space. Yeah. So you can do one class and then go do a hit class or vice versa. Double down. Double down. A lot of people love a double. Really? Pe- Penrith members love my Tuesday playlist. Yeah. Tuesday morning DEFCON. Yeah. <laughs> Get you through the hit session. What what you country, say music? country music. I can sort something out for you, Jordan. <laughs> All right, I think Thursday morning would be a great day for a bit of country music. Yeah. He's doing some glutes, hemis, abs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Comes Do some dead, deadlifts to Comsy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll start us. First one is you came. So like you said, you you were almost going to not come back to cricket this year. So very grateful. You're going to make a huge difference for our club, both on and off the field. So very grateful to have you back. Second one is cricket again. I've been using that one a lot lately, but I am grateful. Round one this weekend. Uh, when this drops, it'll probably already be round one. So hopefully we're one game in and with one win. And the third one is London Cafe. So <laughs> now that we've... Now, Geordie and I are making the trek up from well, Campbelltown area, from Gledswood up to Penrith, well, four days a week at yeah. the moment. We're sort of stopping in at Ludnam and seeing Dan the man quite often, so very grateful for the best coffee in the world on our way to cricket training. Yeah. Mine's sort of similar to yours, Dan. Like, obviously, Kane, very grateful for you to be here today, but our team as a whole, mm-hmm. I think we're just, like you said, we're in a very similar stage of life, all of us with work and, and businesses and moving out of home getting married and stuff like that so just the culture that we're creating around the club and uh, I suppose just the rapport we're developing as players I think if 
the team we've got now sticks together for the next three to five years, those premierships will definitely be in our graph. So very grateful for our um, top squad at the moment. Um, second one would just be opportunities through my peak to be able to jump online and, and do some new things and, and grow ourselves, I suppose, as individuals. Kane sort of bumped into us before the podcast. We were doing some online stuff, which is all new to us, but that's just all growth. So really grateful for my peak. And the last one, of course, is, is round one on the weekend. It's been a long time coming already in November. Would have had probably four rounds by now. So yeah, yeah. absolutely pumped to, to get out there with, with both the lads here and hopefully have a, a victory round one. For me, um, first one's mum and dad. Um, I wouldn't be in the position I am without them. So like through growing up and then also helping me business-wise, um, and just having that faith in me and just backing everything I'll do. So that's their first one. Um, second one's grateful for G3. Um, the lifestyle they've given me. Um, just like, it's not even work for me. Mm. It's just, I'm doing what I love yeah. and I get to just talk a bit of crap to people <laughs> while training them. They, they always look at me, they're like, why are you laughing? I'm yeah. like, I just get a kick out of this. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the third one would be, yeah, the, the cricket club. Um, just that outlet away, for, outlet away from just everyday life. And then like, obviously all my best, most of my best mates are from this club. Like both yourself, you're both great mates of mine. And then the other guys that we just, we're all, we're all very similar ages and we're at that similar point in life. We bounce off each other and that culture we're building now, it's very, been very much changing of the guard and, and we're all aware of that now and we're taking ownership of it and um, it's just very exciting to see what the future holds for us all. Yeah, well, Kane, in that podcast we've done today, there was so many great lessons that I've personally taken out from, from what you've shared and I saw... The listeners will absolutely eat up everything that you've spoken about. You're obviously very inspiring, very dedicated, very disciplined. Um, I definitely see a lot of success in your life moving forward. And both Cam and I are very lucky to call you a mate. So thanks very much for joining us today. And hopefully this one will touch a lot of people's lives like I think it will. No, thank you both. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. And um, great to be a part of the Cam and Jordan podcast. (laughs) Thanks, Kano. And enjoy the rest of your day, Cam and Jordan podcasters. And that's a wrap for today's episode on the Cam and Jord podcast. As always, we hope you leave today's episode feeling a little more inspired, motivated, and with a deeper understanding on holistic health and the importance it plays in your life. We love seeing the Cam and Jord community grow and are very grateful for your support in doing so. As we implement our holistic strategies to enhance your balanced lifestyle, we would love to share the experience with you. That could be gym work, yoga, going for a run, an awesome new recipe, starting a new business, work progression, your meditation stations, going to church or a connect group, or just spending time with friends and family. We love seeing your stories and would love to share it amongst the community. Also, stay tuned for the upcoming Cam and George store, where merchandise, self-development resources and courses will be available, plus access to gurus in the holistic space. We look forward to sharing with you shortly. Finally, if you have anyone who you think story needs to be heard, be sure to personal message us so we can get that person on our podcast and share their story with our listeners.
Until next time, folks, on the Cam and Jord podcast.